1995 and 1995 everything happened on the same day back yeah. then yeah <laughs> <laughs> welcome to sincast presented by cinema sins All right, everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSense. Joined, as always, by the voice of CinemaSense, Jeremy Scott. Yow! And from Music Video Sins, Barrett Share. Kapow! Ooh! <laughs> nice automatopoeia. Kapow! Yeah. <laughs> uh, today, we're going to be doing a mini-pod. Mini-pod! Cappy-pod! Marvel-pod? Marvy? Marvel-pod, yes, yes. Uh, uh, Flurkin-pod? Although, Marvel-pod does have... Ooh, yeah, Flurkin-pod. <laughs> <laughs> Marvel-pod has connotations of, of an, an entire universe. That's true. It does. But... Uh, uh, yeah, we're going to do a mini pod of Captain Marvel movie made uh, domestically, made $150 million over the weekend, made $500 million so far worldwide. That's pretty is good. Bonkers. <laughs> yeah. That is, is bonkers. Are yeah. those Black Panther numbers or Close. are those better or worse, do you think? Uh, let's see what Black Panther was after five days. Five days? Can you track that? that Half mm-hmm. a billion dollars yep. wow. in five days. Yeah, that's wild. I bet you even 12 years ago when Kevin Feige or whoever sold them on this MCU concept, whatever their wildest dreams were on income doesn't come close to what they're actually making. No, and especially for something like this, which is not like one of their their capstones, right? Right. No pun intended, but like Black Panther too, you know? No, exactly. such a worldwide phenomenon. I think that had, I mean, we'll get into it, but I think that had more... I don't know. Maybe they have the same cultural relevance because I of their it context. May. It may because it we're seeing, you know, it was it was it was an important Black Panther was an important film for, mm. you know, black people, mm-hmm. um, and Captain Marvel is an important film for women. Mm-hmm. You know, not the first female centered hero movie, but one of few. There certainly aren't enough of them. Yep. Um, and uh, what did you what you find? Uh, Black Panther uh, domestically was at two hundred and seventy seven million <laughs> domestically Whoa. at the time, so it was probably uh, it was probably a little bit higher worldwide. Yeah, wow. Uh, that's the only thing that I can't find right now. But um, but uh, yeah, that's still uh, that's still an, an amazing uh, amount uh, for Captain Marvel. So uh, it, one thing that's weird when I got out of when we got out of this uh, movie. I looked at Rotten Tomatoes and the critics were like very high on it, but people in general were not. Yeah. Like it was at 39% after that first night with actual people who went to the theater. But isn't that, didn't they still have to go through and purge a lot of that? I read that the same people that were trolling in advance of release were also trolling after the release and that they had to go through and I think they had to delete like (laughs) 10,000... User reviews. That doesn't surprise me at all. Oh, because... it could be. It is at 62 now. Okay, so I think that's part of why. But you're right. The critics seem to have enjoyed it more than the general audiences. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of what I've seen has been... <sighs> Spoiler free, this is right in the middle of the whole MCU for me. Right smack dab in the middle. I didn't dislike anything enough to really rant. Yep. I didn't love anything enough to really rant. I liked, there were parts of it I really, really liked. There were moments that I thought this could reach magic levels. And there are a handful of things I didn't really like. Uh, she's great. Yes. Um, Sam Jackson is great after being asleep for all the MCU. They finally <laughs> let him come alive. Um, 
And Mendelssohn is great, especially when he's, he's fucking amazing in non-human form. Yeah. The performances are all fantastic. Yeah. Um, I had a good time. I, you know, I wouldn't come out banging my gong either direction. No, I thought. I... <laughs> <laughs> which one is where you hated it, and which one was the you like? I guess you go from behind when you hate it. Um, <laughs> the um. I, one thing about this, how empowering is this movie? I don't think you, we can really equate this with Black Panther. Um, they try in certain moments to make this seem like it's a female empowerment movie. But there's only one tossed away line about how they were using female pilots for these new planes. And, and you know, that's the only way that the, they could get to fly a plane or whatever. But we're also talking about like the '90s and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there's the the scene towards the I guess middle end or whatever, where there's an action scene and they play that "No Doubt I'm Just a Girl" mm-hmm. song. And I'm like sitting there going, "Yeah, but there's never been one moment in this movie where we've doubted her abilities, or there there hasn't been anybody that said, "Oh, you're just a woman, and you can't do this, and all that." So like. When it gets to that just a girl part, I was just like, this this is this is this is something you would put in, you know, where you the the female character has been uh, you know, sort of like put down for the whole movie. Right? Yeah, yeah, marginalized, yeah, exactly. And this this character never is. So it rang really false to me to play that song at that time. That song I agree. That's a take I didn't have. By that time that song came on, I was pretty annoyed with the soundtrack mm-hmm. because it it was feeling very artificial. It was feeling very, I've probably used this analogy before, but you know in Groundhog Day where they have that organic moment with the snowball fight with the kids and the snowman, yeah, and yeah. then he tries to recreate it and it's not quite as magical. Mm-hmm. And you get the sense, this is probably not even the second time he's tried to recreate it. This might be the third or fourth and it probably gets progressively less magical as he goes on. This is pretty close, yeah. but it felt like they were trying to repeat steps somehow. And at the risk of three men talking about female <laughs> empowerment, I do kind of feel like this could have been a male character Mm -hmm. and the movie would have worked the same. And I do kind of think maybe that's what they were going for. Maybe that was their point was that they didn't want to go too far out of their way Mm. to call attention to the fact that she was a woman. Yeah. I mean, I I got the, the struggle for her is not just like what you're saying is not because she's female. They had that Nike ad in the middle of it where it showed all the, the montages yeah. of her like getting thrown down and every time she gets back up again and all that stuff. Yeah. It's literally a fucking Nike ad that Dwayne Wade was in like back in five, six years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, then you start seeing how she relates to her human side and all that stuff. And I guess her femininity, but I think it's more of the humanity and less of the femininity. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, I totally agree with you. And I think it was, uh, you know, one of those moments I did feel like we approached magic was that moment where her friend um, gives her a pep talk yep. uh, out on the front yard. And you kind of, for me at least, you first really feel the realness of that relationship. Um, and uh, it gave me a little bit of goosebumps. Mm-hmm. That moment did. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I need repeat watching to tell you whether or not I like the score. I don't really remember any moments of the score standing out to me. It's fine. Uh, to me, it was fine. I think... If anything, like you were saying with the songs, I felt like all the 90s references were forced down my throat. A lot like, of them. Mm-hmm. Slow internet. 
and Blockbuster and Nine Inch Nails. T- I like the Nine Inch Nails T-shirt because yeah, it looked really that good was on her. Fun. Yeah, it did. It did. <laughs> but it was still. It's the same thing you're talking about, though, right? Yes. Yes. And um, you know, I, I wish that could have been a little more organic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, or like Sam Jackson or Nick Fury typing at the uh, the old ass computer on Word, perfect or whatever yeah. it was about the individual. I'm yeah. curious to see how we'll address this when it comes time for sinning regarding the uh, CGI youngening. Yeah. Uh, because on Sam Jackson, I was shocked how much I didn't notice it. I didn't um, notice it at all. And on Clark Gregg, I was shocked how much I noticed it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't even really pay attention to <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, Clark, Clark, Clark Gregg's CGI, yeah, looks kind of, yeah. Like, it looks really. like they've done something. Maybe they spent too much of the budget on Sam Jackson <laughs> because I did expect to be pulled out of the movie frequently reminding myself boy he's not that young but that didn't happen yeah. um he whatever they did was kind of magical mm-hmm. and um uh, and I was able to I mean that's a little frightening <laughs> about what it means yeah, well, about the future yeah, exactly and what we can and can't believe about what we see on film but um i was impressed i know i know one thing sin wise we're gonna probably have fun with is the uh because this is set in 1995 i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. um the uh there are some things that happen that i think um are out of order like out of order for 1995 like for instance melancholy and the infinite sadness is being advertised in one of the cd mm. stores or whatever oh really and it came out in october of 1995 right. meanwhile the stan lee cameo has him reading a mall rat script mall rats came out october 1995 mm-hmm. so it, it, you know it, they would not be advertising melancholy and the infinite sadness way back in like february or something like that and whatever so there'll be fun things with that obviously when they make a movie they make it it's 1995 and 1995 everything happened on the same day back then yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's less of a month or a day it's the entire year right right so um what else pre-spoiler um i uh once again hate the most of the action scenes Mm. yep yeah especially the first one that may be one of the worst action scenes they have ever made in Marvel's history, mm. by the way. The, 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 when they're going in and they're fighting the scrolls, they're all pretty much the same looking and it's dark and all this. Yes. And, and I don't mean to be racist towards <laughs> fictional characters and everything, <laughs> but they're all the same yes. and they're in, it's, and it's in the dark. And then there's like multiple, like, here's a person who's on on a high ledge somewhere point looking down somewhere and here's somebody like in there i don't have any sense of space i don't have anything going on here if you can make 50 year old nicole kidman look like she's beating ass all in a one shot in aquaman (laughs) (laughs) i i have a feeling you can make anybody look like a badass i would agree and everything even though that nicole kidman thing isn't like seamless in any in in, by any stretch but (laughs) i prefer that than what they did in that action Mm -hmm. well and with the scrolls especially there's even a prominent scroll character in this movie that gets shot and i thought he died yeah. And then later yeah, yeah. on, there was another scroll talk. It took me like a half scene to realize, oh, that's that guy. He didn't mm-hmm. die. He's still alive. Yeah. Is he really? I'm pretty sure. Maybe, see, maybe I'm wrong. Well, I'm saying <laughs> that's what I'm saying. And if this is a spoiler, we can cut it. But They all look the same to me. Are anyway. you talking about the one that Jude Law shoots? Or is this uh, a one that gets shot earlier on? I'm talking about Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah. Oh, he, he gets, gets shot? I thought he did. 
Hmm. Well, no, you're totally right that they all look the same. <laughs> I could be wrong. <laughs> <It could> be. <laughs> Regardless, the point your point you're making is yes, it's hard to tell one from the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were a couple that like they look different. I don't know if they're like juvenile scrolls yes. or like. Yeah, do yeah. you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, because well, I mean, they they had all that focus on Ben Mendelsohn's daughter, and there's a bunch of fan theories going around about how that person turns out to be. A character later on in the in the universe. Oh, I lovely. forget which one it is, but yeah. So I, I think there's there's tiny scrolls running around, little scrolls. Yeah, but even there were a couple that were normal height that mm-hmm. didn't look like all the other ones. Hmm. Like again, I don't want to be racist toward fictional characters, <laughs> right. but I was wondering if there were mutants there for a scene or two. Like yeah. there was some kind of cross breeding. Maybe Could we should be? just talk spoilers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Letter grades? Uh, I am going to give this one a B minus. Mm. I'm going to go straight up B because it falls into the same grade that I would give First Avenger or Thor, which I probably like more than, than most people. Like, the, There's two levels to origin stories in the MCU, right? There's the Thor and Captain America. Well, some people like Captain America a lot. And this, and then there's the Black Panther, Iron Man... Spider-Man Homecoming, like all that shit, yeah. that's on a different level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is not on that level at all. No, I think it's, well, I think I even said an email to you guys, it feels very much like a phase one movie. Not yeah. not just because they went back to the 90s, but just in sort of tone. Um, I'd give it a solid B. Um, the truth of the matter is there are outliers at the top and the bottom, but almost all the MCU movies fall between B- and A- for me. <laughs> and Actually, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think I have a reputation of being somebody that doesn't like the MCU, which I think is an unfair reputation. Mm-hmm. I just don't love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have I have questions. I'm anxious to get into spoilers. Um, should we do the thing with the sound and the noise? Let's do it. Yeah. No spoilers! Miss Luke's father is actually Darth Vader. She's the sister and the daughter. No, 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 no. I'm reading the books. Spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> you know that comes from a My Little Pony. I cartoon. do. Okay, I, th- I really hesitate to say this, but do we know what her powers are? No, not really. And the movie, this is actually something I do like about it. That the the movie makes it seem like her little like controlly thingy is is directing her powers yes. when it's actually limiting uh, them. Limiting them. And um, that is one aspect of the plot that I loved about this movie. Um, but yeah, once she once she takes that thing off, we're like, okay, she's kind of what she's like. She's Neo Jesus. Yeah, like when she's <laughs> the the climax of this Geo. movie. Yeah, I, I, don't get me wrong. The climax of this movie when she goes up into space and she's zip killing Ronan's fleet. I thought it was exhilarating. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was exhilarating in the way that you would end the entire MCU. Mm-hmm. Like, finally, Earth has a protector that no one can beat. Yep. And now you're going to tell me 23 years later, she's going to come back and just be one of the many that go after Thanos? I, I have an issue with that because of what they did with Vision and Scarlet Witch over the last few exactly. big fights, right? They had to limit... Both of them somehow. She's going to come back completely... to Earth and go, oh, I lost half my powers. Sorry, but yeah. I'm still useful. Because <laughs> by the end of that movie, if somehow they'd done this to where Captain Marvel was the end of the MCU and that this final climax up in space 
light zipping, killing everything. I got almost Last Jedi vibes when he had him light speed into that enemy <laughs> ship yeah. during that scene. I got goosebumps. I was loving it. But sh- that that should be it. The end. Well, like, I mean, she is going up against Thanos um, ostensibly, right? And Thanos. But she shouldn't need fucking Iron Man. No. Well, maybe she won't get him. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. <laughs> is she in that hero shot, by the way, of them walking? No, I have theories about the that. I have theories about really? that. She's not. Oh, okay. I don't think they all put on those white uniforms and go wherever those people are going. I think Thor and a couple others stay behind and they meet up with Captain Marvel. While uh-huh. the others are off quantum realming. Uh, I got you. I got you. Mm-hmm. Because you don't see Thor in that shot either in that suit. And he's the he and Natasha are the only ones that appear to be in the room when Carol shows up. Yes. So anyway, that's just my theory. Maybe Bruce stays behind, too, since he's apparently useless now. He's just a filthy <laughs> yeah. shit. Man. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, back to Captain Marvel. Um, I did. Again, it's hard to tell exactly what's happening at that in that final battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. I I that was the the part of the movie that exhilarated me the most that gave me the most movie. Yeah. Yeah. They'll find a way to stop her from phasing or something like that. I'm, that's isn't that going to be frustrating? <laughs> yeah. and, um and, and I liked I, I I I for a while there I was really not enjoying this movie at all and then once she gets back to 1995 and she starts like uh doing a lot of stuff with Samuel Jackson and stuff that's where I felt like the movie was really cooking. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, it almost uh, feels a road like a road trip movie for a while there. It does, and uh, I really liked her friend in this too. Uh, her name's uh, Lashana Lynch, who yeah. played um, the little girl was awesome too. Yeah, little girl was great too. Um, so, so it was Maria Rambo and uh, ah, Rambo. I know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, Akira Akbar. Uh huh. Both of them are great, so I loved all of that. Um, interesting thing that this movie does. I don't know if they do it on purpose, but. I was sitting there once again. I was like, Ben Mendelsohn, this motherfucker is always the bad guy in every movie. <laughs> they must have cast him specifically for that. And he, he's doing his Ready Player One and his his uh, all this you know same bullshit we've seen Ben Mendelsohn yep. do all the time. And then uh, and then they you know surprise surprise he really isn't the bad guy after all. I figured this out though when Jude Law is on the the phone with Brie Larson, and I was telling Barrett afterwards, this phone call seems edited and paced exactly like the phone call that Richard Kimball has in The Fugitive <laughs> with. And, uh, and, you know, it's funny. I, I went through like a sort of a, a, a training class with the Dutch members of Patreon on how to pronounce that dude's name, the, the actor's oh, really? name. <laughs> and I don't remember it. <laughs> I think it's Yerowen Crabbe, something along those lines. There's probably some other syllables and diphthongs and whatever. But, <laughs> um, but uh, the guy who plays uh, wh- who's the character's name? Uh, it's a uh, uh, it's Charles Nichols. Charles Nichols. Yeah. So he so when Richard Kimball was talking to Charles Nichols, that whole thing about Lentz and he died in the car accident last summer and all of that, it reminded me a lot of that <laughs> that Jude Law Brie, Brie Larson phone call. And by the way, she's just like pulling out wires out of a phone <laughs> and just like oh now it talks to space. I was pretty annoyed by that. I know she's got magic in her fucking wrist, but <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, it's like the, there's only so much you can do with a goddamn payphone. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and so like, but there that whole phone call, and I was like, 
I was like, you know what? Jude Law has done this before. In Spy, he was the surprise bad. Well, he wasn't surprise bad guy. He was just killed. And, well, I guess he was a surprise yeah. bad. Guy. He was killed, and then he comes back later. And you kind of know that because Jude Law, you wouldn't put a Jude Law in if it's right. if he's just gonna die in the first right, five right. But like uh, that phone call was like, oh, wait a minute. Jude Law is probably bad guy. And why is he talking to Ronan? Ronan was the bad guy. And then Jaiman Honsu is in part of their group, too. Yep, yep, yep. And so I was like, okay, okay. So that's where we're getting. That's where we're headed. I, I figured that he was he was evil or sinister around that time. I didn't make the same connection. <laughs> it was but so I funny. That's hilarious. But I didn't really realize how that would impact the scrolls, though. Even when he did that reveal the ben mendelson said you know this is what what actually happened i didn't know if i believed it at the time mm-hmm. because you could have two bad guys right <laughs> bad yeah. bad fleets bad aliens whatever and brie Lar- or uh, captain marvel can be the the good guy um but yeah no it turned out and it, it took a comic turn and it took like a a nice like he he just really like started chewing into scenery once once that reveal was made and mm-hmm. it was awesome yeah yeah in the comics the scrolls aren't the good guys like they are in this movie now mm-hmm. they kind of flip the script there and there's this whole run in marvel called the secret wars where they find out slowly that a lot of avengers and other heroes have actually been scrolls i read about that shifted yeah. all along and I feel like this is the MCU just reassuring people like me, we're not going to do that. We're yeah. not going to go that direction to where I could literally tell you anybody from any of the past movies was a scroll. Is that a popular series, by the way? It is. It is, I think. Well, I think. Uh, I don't really know well enough to be an authority. but uh, And I, I've even seen a lot of these Avengers Endgame theories prior to this Captain Marvel coming out that included that aspect. Mm-hmm. This is going to kick off Secret Wars uh, and I feel like the Captain Marvel, the movie, is saying, no, no, <laughs> no they're OK. <laughs> We're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. They could, but they're not going to. Yeah, uh, because right now they don't. Uh, there's no reason for that. And maybe they'll change it again. Who knows? Um, uh, I do have a question about Annette Benning's character. Mm-hmm. I have lots of questions about her. Yeah, I do, too. Uh, I feel like she's a good character, but is her digital representation later like I guess programmed by the Cree to be bad. Yes, that it's, is her character's not bad. No, the it, she's talking in those scenes to the supreme intelligence, which is a whole new can of worms for the MCU, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Right? But it just manifests as Annette Benning. Okay, um, but no, I took it that Annette Benning's character was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have lots of questions. Uh, by the way, that purple thing that Carol puts in her thing is that the same kind of purple thing from Spider-Man: Homecoming? Remember when she picked up that alien, I think it was a scroll, whatever, and put it in her wrist to try and power something, and she ended up having to take it out because it was shorting her Hmm. suit out? It looked like the purple things in Spider-Man Homecoming that Ned has in his pocket. Oh. Oh. Could be. Which is, well, that's that's one of the Infinity Stones, right? No, no. It's uh, in Homecoming, Michael Keaton's just grabbing alien tech from like the Battle of New York and other stuff. I think they were saying, I might be wrong, I think they were saying that was the same kind of... Oh, that's interesting. Like battery or whatever. But it was the Chitari that invaded New York, That's right? correct. Mm-hmm. But, but it was with Ronan. I, well, no, it wasn't with Ronan. That was Guardians. God damn it. No, it's I confusing. <laughs> it's confusing. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, let me ask you guys a question. The fucking Tesseract. Did that really need to be in this fucking movie? Now, I guess in the comics, maybe that is her origin story, that that was the one that, that gave it gave her her powers, basically, right? But 
I don't need to see that goddamn Tesseract again. But it didn't give her her powers, did it? She shot the space battery yeah. and it exploded. Yeah, she blew But up. that was what was powering the, the thing, right? The, the spaceship, or the ship. Really? Was the Tesseract. Nah, I don't remember that part. Really? Yeah, when she, when she shot it, or whoever, yeah, she shot it to blow it up so that they couldn't get it, and it invaded her system. It was all that blue energy and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. That was the Tesseract in there powering I didn't those, know that. those things. I didn't know That's that. That's my interpretation of it. Maybe it's wrong. Mm. But regardless, I don't need to see it in a lunchbox or swallow it. Actually, it was kind of cute that it was swallowed up by the, the flurkin. But yeah. Like, let me talk about this cat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like I like the cat. Mm-hmm. I like the gag of the cat being a flurkin, which is not explained, but then is shown and it's humorous. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. I don't understand why the cat refuses to do it the third time when they really need him to. Except for mm. shits and giggles. Yep. Yeah. I don't understand why they had to CGI the cat in half the scenes where he's not even flurkening. He's just catting. And mm-hmm. like, they CGI'd it? Yeah, there were a lot. Like that whole shot where he's like zero gravity up to oh, the. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, none of that yeah, is yeah, real yeah, cat. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it was bothering to me because they got Samuel Jackson's CGI better than they got the cat. <laughs> and I also heard all this about the cat. Only for the cat to, like, everybody was like, oh, the cat steals the movie. I didn't feel like the cat stole the movie. No. No. And I really an- was annoyed by the whole retconning of the, the eyeball. Nick oh Fury's eye. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was a fucking now cat. That, that, yeah, that was shitty. He literally said in Winter Soldier, the last time I trusted somebody, I lost an eye. That's true. That's yeah. Literally what he said. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he could be referring to this, but the Jesus last time Christ. I trusted a cat, I lost an eye. Yeah. Well, he also that is also part of the um, the mystique of how he lost his eye too, though, right? I they, guess. Like he keeps backing up that story that it must have been a real terrible fight, and he <laughs> maybe that he's lying. Is what he's you're saying? lying? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I, I mean, I don't know why you just bring it up you know out of the blue though right i mean you don't you don't you're not nobody's asking you to defend your eye in that scene (laughs) no and it's and it's like literally they were like oh well this is in 1995 so let's throw in the origin story about uh fury's eye yeah well and how was the top of a salt shaker the best thing he could find to put over that eye in the last scene it's the hot tub time machine part of the marvel (laughs) universe just waiting for something yeah uh yeah, and I and it's funny. Uh, the there's the people next to me were obviously hardcore Marvel fans, and so like they were getting all amped up about a bunch of shit that I was like, yeah. And uh, <laughs> 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 um, but like when that happened, when uh, he decided to change it to the Avengers Initiative at the end because uh-huh. he saw the airplane or whatever uh all of that they're like no no they were like uh, like out loud saying no that's awesome that's awesome (laughs) yeah and uh i mean of course then yeah then everybody gets all like super excited that with the the first credit scene when they when she shows up and they start clapping and you're like don't you know this shit's happening like this isn't a surprise this isn't like a big i I don't I don't understand people's emotions. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and again, you we talked we talked previously about not understanding people bawling at the end of Infinity War, yeah. even though we understand that, that people did. Right. We just don't understand. We can't process how you get there. And I'm the same way with with this and mm-hmm. any of the like. They can kill, they can kill so many of these fuckers in Endgame, and I'm I'm personally not going to cry. Sure. Even if I'm even if I'm sad, right, right, I'm right. Not, it's not not that kind of a movie for me. 
I want to talk about a couple other things I just re- remember. Mm-hmm. It, both in the same scene, ironically, although they're completely different. Sam Jackson, when he does that, is it Mr. Postman? Yeah. He fucking killed that. Oh, yeah, he can did sing. They, did they auto-tune that shit? Like, I don't there think- was some true soul in that couple of bits of melody that he sang. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've heard when him he did sing. That way. Like, I can't do it, but he, mm. I was like, what? I bet, I bet that's actually him. I'm yeah. sure it is, yeah. but I just didn't know he had that in him. Second, mm-hmm. when she hands him that pager, and she says, only for emergencies. Yep. What the, what the kind of shit are they going to yep. say to explain? <laughs> are they going to say he pushed it every other time, and she just never came until this time? I came out possible. talking with Barrett about this very thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, they're going to have to explain something about how during all the other things that happened down on earth during all this time where the fuck was she and barrett was like well she's taking the taking those guys back to taking the scrolls back to their home planet that place is far away (laughs) and i was like no man this is a a universe where people are like i'm there as soon as as soon as i need to go to earth we're 93 million miles away no problem if the explanation ends up being that that nick fury thought the avengers could handle it on their own i'm gonna flip my lid yeah because he would have called it in that first avengers movie he would have paged her ass immediately it's the same thing for all these characters it's like and we talked about this on the ant-man and the wasp video how they have the ghost character and everything and it's like they had her uh going around doing all these secret jobs and everything and she would have been perfect for a fight a big huge fight but they she's never in there and the reason we know what the reason is they didn't have any ghost character back then but you're gonna have to give me a lot more i mean you're gonna have to stop making these backstories where it would have made sense for them to be in that battle and then they're not and they're not give me something else give me something like they were like chained to a tree or something you know (laughs) yeah no no you're right now my issue i guess ultimately is exactly what you said why does this movie need to exist in its current form we can do a a a current captain marvel movie that flashes back to her origins or Mm -hmm. something like that right yeah but if you set it right here it just like subverts and, and just raises a lot more questions than it answers about the timeline that honestly is is stupid that we're obsessing over this timeline but you know we've spent a lot of time with these movies. It's kind of point. like it's kind of like stepping on the joke, right? Where you say a joke, you, you tell a joke that has these certain aspects to it, and then you come back and uh, uproot all the the foundation of that joke in the next joke. Yes, it's the same thing. Yes, you have you've taken all this stuff that we know was true, and then have now subverted it, and now it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah, um, I think the point they were trying, I think what they were trying to do is set up captain marvel as the anchor the iron man of the next 10 years of the mcu and to do that they felt i think they're wrong but they felt they had to go back and make her the ultimate inspiration for the avengers with her adventure here and then him seeing the plane and that's how he even named them and trying to make her part of their history all along i guess so and i i understand that and do whatever you want, Marvel. Obviously, you don't need seriously, my opinion. Seriously, yeah, but either. you can do that in a current story that doesn't fuck with your timeline, and then just flash back to where, like, you know, this is where she came from. It's it's such a weird story. Like she was Cree at the beginning of the movie, and then she's human, and then she has to figure out how she became alien. She's and like all this. She's. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
I will say, in a weird way, I have been trying to articulate this ever since I saw this movie yesterday, and I still may not get it right, but it feels like two movies, not because there are two halves, but because the movie spends so much time explaining shit to me. Mm -hmm. Like, there's so much exposition, there's so much you have to teach the people who aren't the ones sitting next to you who came in as huge Captain Marvel fans about the fucking Kree and the scroll and their history and that I mean there's so much explanation and they have to explain what actually happened to the scroll too and that's a whole different because then they pull the carpet out and it's even more explanation (laughs) I feel like when we write sins for this there's gonna we're gonna like have some kind of exposition bonus round (laughs) yeah because everyone has a moment except Carol maybe everyone has a moment where there's like a minute and a half where they're just explaining shit to you but they're really explaining it to the audience because it's confusing yeah I guess also that going back to that point about them explaining all this stuff and trying to fit them into the whole universe and everything that's almost prequelitis type of things right mm-hmm. we saw it in Star Wars prequels we saw it in uh, the Hobbit we saw all that where they had to force the the characters that you loved in the original trilogies in there somehow or they had to give you know fan service to it captain marvel does not need to have all of this influence on the on the marvel yeah you know doesn't happen they don't don't need that and yeah one simple little thing that tells us and i'm sure in endgame there'll probably be something in there where they're like oh he forgot he had the page or Or Loki stole it. Yeah, yeah, Loki stole it. Or, you know, yeah, you know, some some asshole took it and they had to go for 14 years to hunt him down and everything. Um, But, uh, you know, I just rather them just say she was never a part of the equation. There was never an idea that. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's the, the issue that I have with the Tesseract, because the Tesseract was recovered by Stark. Howard Stark, mm-hmm. way back in in First Avenger, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that was the yeah, one on the bottom then of the. Then it's then it's found in, I believe, isn't it Captain America, the first one where they? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and it's, uh, I guess, it's just been sitting around in uh, Shield or whatever for the longest time. Well, then what is Annette Benning's character doing with it? I tell you what, man. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, when it when it gets to these Infinity Stones and where they were and all this type of stuff, I've watched the whole series twice, and I can't tell you. Yeah. Because there's six of these motherfuckers, and they all have these. They're all in different packages. They all have different powers. Mm-hmm. They all been passed around different places. They've been given to other people and all that. I mean, I'm gonna have to watch it all again <laughs> and figure out where this Tesseract. The Tesseract timeline is probably one of the most you know the craziest zigzaggy timeline that you could ever have there's another thing thing they just put it in there to troll people and look another dimension i know that i know that we'll get we'll have we'll post this on facebook and all the marvel people will be giving me the explanations and shit but i understand there's an explanation (laughs) here but god it's impossible one thing i didn't understand or like very much is the honeycomb like hyperspeed space travel thing where they like leave the planet and they're still like within orbit distance of the planet and somehow a grid of like octagons appears and they mm-hmm. go through one of them then boom, turn turns black and opens and they go through it and then boom, the next thing you know they're at earth and i'm like you spent how many hours gearing up and getting on a spaceship and launching why don't you just take that technology from the stratosphere down to earth and just fucking call it a transporter and stop with the spaceship bullshit oh that's interesting now i think that's a that's a that's a hyper jump or whatever they call it the same shit that they use in guardians where they go through all the different jumps 
to get to to a faraway place. God, I've purged so their, much of that movie. Their face and all that stuff. I think you're right. But my issue is, has that been there the whole fucking time, or has it been dismantled since 1995 or whatever it is? You know, well, like Thanos is we would have used that. Right? In Infinity War, did they use that? No. Did, did you remember? I don't remember seeing that where over Earth, where it like shows up and like a circular ship flies through. I felt no. like they just space traveled there. I, you know, one of the things that that could be explained about how Hulk got to the trash planet in uh, Ragnarok mm-hmm. is that he, when he went off in the Quinjet or whatever it was. He accidentally hit that, and right. it, it diverted him over to the space plant through the giant devil's butthole or whatever. Mm-hmm. Devil's butthole, yep. that's right. That's Isn't right. that actually what they call it? It like, is. Yes. Satan's anus or something like that? So, yeah, yeah, because they keep saying, we got to go towards the anus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, no, I mean, I think that's a cool idea that there's a, a, like a space jump right next to Earth, because that opens up the whole cosmic realm and all that stuff, and makes it quote-unquote believable that you could travel long distances but also makes it even more frustrating why captain marvel couldn't just use that to come back and help this motherfuckers out for avengers yeah that's what or for age of ultron or for yeah. any of these other ones yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we're yeah, always gonna have there's questions. gonna there's gonna be an explanation and i'm sure but it's going to be one of those where i'm gonna put my hands up in the air <laughs> <laughs> it's like how they got to uh, Siberia in Civil War so quickly. Yeah. Bra- Black Panther. Oh, right my God. That's so ridiculous. <laughs> Let's talk about Civil War for the next 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, I did like, you know, there's there's a couple things I really like. I think I really want to watch this again, having read reviews by somebody like Leonard Malton or other people that are describing the context of the female lead mm-hmm. and the two females, uh, the three, I guess, that really anchor this movie. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to watch it through that lens and not so much just as a fan of the MCU and like wanting it to be, you know, better than it is. I want to see it like kind of with that context to see if, you know, if that outweighs the the issues that I had with it. One of the things that I really did appreciate is that there's no fucking love interest in this. Yeah. They're not they're not cramming it together. She doesn't fall in love with Fury on that road trip or anything like that. Or Jude Law, there's some like possible romantic banter yeah, at the beginning. Yeah, kind of a weird, yeah. But like, it fizzles. Yeah, yeah. It's almost, would would you say almost brother-sister kind of? Almost. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's never any thought, really, that you have that they've, like, been having sex or, yeah, anything, yeah. or could have sex in that in that uh all those scenes but um by the way i also wanted to point out sorry to interrupt i noticed something that i'm going to send when we send this movie Mm -hmm. in the blockbuster they have on the shelf hudsucker proxy and then hook Mm. alphabetically that oh, is from left to right up yes yeah, that is. <laughs> i used to manage a blockbuster and i certainly shopped at a bunch of blockbusters and you would not put hudsucker proxy before hook i honestly uh can't wait to send this movie for <laughs> for all that the blockbuster video let's the, just go and do it in the theater there's there's so many things that are they're in that 19 like how many times i mean how, like how many videos do you think are in that blockbuster that might be uh like a year later or yeah, post 95 yeah yeah <laughs> you're gonna be going Whoa, through geez. that oh frame you, by frame you with bet the- your ass i'm going to <laughs> i mean even hudsucker proxies on this borderline yeah that'll be interesting yeah yeah but uh yeah there'll be there'll be there'll be some fun looking at the video cassettes and all the standees they have in there and uh because obviously the music too and i already pointed out that melancholy mm-hmm. thing with the uh, mall rats already doesn't make sense gonna get sinned motherfuckers um <clears throat> there you go the uh the the song that played over the final credits do you i remember? don't know i had left the theater 
Oh, had you? Dude, I'm not doing these credit scenes. Uh, what was the... Uh, I'm asking two questions at once. Uh, but the reason that I ask that is that I believe that song came out after 1995, like specifically. Oh, but it's like a 90s song in the credits? Oh, it's Celebrity Skin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's- I remember walking through the hallway going, well, at least this song's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah, that song. Yeah, yeah. I do too, did, does anybody know what happened? Then we saw the we saw the end game credit scene mm-hmm. and then left. Yes. So what was oh, the other one? The cat pukes the tesseract up on Sam Jackson's desk. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I it was funny because Barrett bought tickets and we were not sitting together and like uh I was like, All right, I there's always like one big credit scene that actually matters that goes like somewhere in the after the big credits or whatever. And after that was done, I, I walked down and I looked at him and he's like, he nodded and he got up. <laughs> yeah, man. No, <laughs> and I was God. like, those end, those very end ones, like the, there's no value to sitting in the theater for 10 well, minutes. And Especially even, if it's an ant drumming, right? Right. <laughs> even the mid credit scenes, even if you want to see them, they're not, they're not part of the movie you just watched. They're always some kind of tease. Right. Like every scene that I need to watch for your movie needs to come before the credits. You can put anything you want after the credits, but I won't be there. I see. I'm fine with the mid credit scene because that is what, objectively what, like maybe two, two and a half minutes, something like that. Yeah, you don't have to wait very long for those. But those in credit scenes, I don't even care if it's like something super, super important. I'm not going to sit around. It's like probably eight, nine minutes or something like Most, that. Well, Especially yeah. for these yep. big fucking like Infinity War. Yep. It seemed like that went on for forever. Well, and I was already see. I, I ran it on Twitter already. I sat through nine fucking trailers for this movie. Mm. Yep. And I know there's 20% of the people out there that seem to think, I like trailers. Why don't you just go late? And I'm like, okay, but how do I know exactly what time to go? Yeah. It's not like there seem to be these people out there that think it's always exactly 15 minutes or 20 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. And I'm like, I used to build these fucking packages. Mm-hmm. I, every trailer is different. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I go when the show starts or a few minutes after, but I'm not going to. I don't want to miss any movie just trying to time it right. I'll tell you mm-hmm. something. I love freaking trailers. Yeah. But I don't like sitting through nine of them. Uh, the same way. Before before a movie. if uh, and, and now the way things are, you don't have to sit. You don't have to see these previews before movies anymore. Mm-hmm. Like you see stuff trending on Twitter now and you have a whole bunch of stuff that you can just watch the trailer from the comfort of your own home whereas back in the 90s and everything yeah didn't have that the only way by the way two trailers i saw recently that are awesome is good boys and book smart have you seen either one good of those? boys book smart one. one. Oh, i saw the other one good boys looks fucking hilarious they're but they both look fucking awesome to me <laughs> yeah. i can't wait and book smart is olivia wilde's directorial debut I and has that caitlin deaver girl i said a couple episodes ago was an up-and-comer I yeah thought yeah 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 what is she what was she from she's from last man standing the tim allen tv oh, show interesting Anyway, um, but there, there's I think there the the problem with nine trailers is that you just forget so much of it. Absolutely, I don't I don't know exactly which ones we saw. I, if you said if it was a recognition and not a recall, I could probably say yeah, it was there. But. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and and so like uh, once once nine go through, you're just you're, the, the last four. You're just saying fuck you to. <laughs> Seriously, I'm literally sitting every single time. By the by the time I get to trailer eight, I'm like Jesus Christ, let's get on with it, and I'm. I'm starting the movie. I want to love all movies I see. I realize that my, my reputation doesn't suggest that, but, <laughs> but that's the, the truth. But I'm starting coming in a sour place because mm-hmm. you can't give me. Just give me five. Yeah. Five used to do it just fine. 
What happened to five? Yeah. Yeah. I like five. Five was good. Everybody can live with five. Mm -hmm. Nine? No, I'm going to slap many. you around, motherfucker. I've, yeah. I've seen as many as ten I before. Have mm -hmm. Well, uh, that's our thoughts on Captain Marvel and a whole bunch of other shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to talk about uh, this very episode, you can go to Sincast presented by CinemaSins on Facebook. Uh, CinemaSins Twitter, Reddit, uh, Patreons. Uh, we got um, uh, Discord. Uh, SoundCloud? Did you say SoundCloud? SoundCloud. Yeah, the Pittsburghs and Pittsburghs. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> we have a lot of places that you can come and talk about this episode. Uh, but uh, that'll do it for this mini pod. Mini pod. Flurky pod. Flurky pod. Yes. Uh, this is Chris Atkinson, Jeremy Scott, and Barrett Share. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasends.com. Okay, Celebrity Skin came out in September of 1998. I knew that. One. Whoa! So not even close. Whoa! I would have never guessed that. And and there and Daredevil is done in such a way that you don't consider that there's any sort of disability there because, um, yeah, he's blind, but he can practically see. His hearing helps him see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the raindrops sure look like Jennifer Garner. Right. That's <laughs> true. It's very true. So you saw the uh, the Avengers trailer? Yeah. Yeah. You, you liked it? I did. Did you not? I, I did. Have you seen it? Yes. I didn't like it. I, I think I'm right in between because the, the whole Tony thing and Nebula, and again, they could be fucking with us. Yeah. But that kind of makes me annoyed, too, that you just you show them... Oh, we're going to die in space. We're drifting. And then 30 seconds later in the trailer, they made it back. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and if, if they are fucking with this, I think I'm angrier than for them spoiling that they get back. But they have, I mean, we think they might have done that with Infinity War. We can't say for sure. They may have just rewritten. But for Spider-Man Homecoming, they flat out said they made up that shot in the trailer of Tony and Tony flying and Spider-Man swinging together right. through the city. That's nowhere in the goddamn movie. Um, I don't like that. Yeah. Don't fudge, don't fudge me. No. The rest of it, I think, is really cool. Mm. Why did you not like it? Um, I'm I just, I know that they like to show you where the characters were, like, way back when. And oh, everything. God. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. That yeah. takes up half the trailer. It does. It did. It I did. don't need to see Cap looking into that fucking poster yeah, again. I and mean, that's kind of annoying. I agree with that. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, everything, everything as far as the actual movie, fine. Yeah. But uh, I don't like it when they do that because... Yeah, I mean, it, it is it is kind of like uh, a, a thing for the fans, you know. Oh wow, look at where they started and all that. But just give me give me the fucking footage of the of the movie. Yeah, I mean, come on, they're getting everything they need in that room. <laughs> what are they bitching about? <laughs> Snowflakes. All right, let me check our levels, 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 levels Jerry. I don't know why I said that like Jerry Lewis. Wow, 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 w